Welcome to the Watch With Us podcast. Our podcasts are originally published on our YouTube channel in video form. So if you're listening to this in audio form, don't forget to go over to our YouTube channel, subscribe, like, comment, share, as well as visit our Instagram account and Facebook page. In today's episode, Ricardo and Brad discuss the Grand Seiko Godzilla, the Grand Seiko Four Seasons watches, and the Notice Duality. We thank you guys so much for coming by, tuning in, and we really hope you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, here is Ricardo and Brad. Hey everyone, this is Ricardo from Watch With Us. I'm here with Watch With Us contributor Brad, the watch enthusiast. What's up? I, I'm so used to doing other podcasts that I forget that I have a title when I'm doing like <laughs> that I need to give space for that. Usually, people just, usually on the other podcasts that I do, it's just Brad and it's, hey, I forget yeah, yeah. that like, it's a superlative. So. No, for these, yeah, literally Brad, the budding watch enthusiast <laughs> with the Monte Cristo um, beard now. I, I, see, I see it's coming in nice. Oh, very yeah. nice. Very nice. Um, we're here with Brad this week. Uh, me and Brad are doing an episode finally with hopes of it showing up on the channel. Um, this time. You, guys, yeah. you guys missed a good one thanks to technical difficulties. Thanks, Skype. You guys, you're the best. Uh, yeah, so we had to move to another vendor to ensure that this actually gets recorded. Um, but uh, this week has been very, very, very interesting. Um, I like to call this week Seiko Week. Because uh, from Monday till Sunday, I feel like I've been hearing nothing but Seiko releases. So the week starts off and we get the whole four seasons are officially released. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, beautiful watches. You have um, variants in titanium. You have variants in stainless steel. Um, beautiful dials. Um, some of them, uh, part of the collection is in Spring Drive, uh, part of the collection, and you correct me, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, I think part of the correction, <laughs> correction, part of the collection is also high beat. Yes, that is correct. It looks like it's, um, it looks like the spring and winter variants are Spring Drive, and then the other two are just the, the automatic Grand Sega movement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, overall, I think that the consensus for most people is, Seiko struck it out the park with with oh. these. There there's, it seems to be a little bit of something for everyone, um, depending on the dial variants, the colors, um, reflecting the different type of seasons. Uh, knowing just off the top of my head what they do with their spring drive, I know me personally, it it's going to be a while for me to take that leap to get into spring drive. And it has nothing to do with the technology. It really just has to do with the fact that the power meter is on the front. That's, the, that's, literally, that's literally the only thing that keeps me from buying a spring drive. I, 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 and the only watch, I think, in the current collection, which doesn't have it on the front now, is a platinum all-manual version that they released at Basel. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you have the money for that, just lying around somewhere that you can. Fifty k? No, sure, absolutely. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, it's it's a beautiful watch. Don't get me wrong, but I just I'm waiting for them to take that type of technology and just put it into like a regular spring drive watch, stainless steel, simple on a bracelet, because that's the only thing that keeps me from really pursuing a spring drive is the fact that they put the power meter on the front 
I mean, I know a lot of people who are just fine with it, but it's hard to, for me to get past that. It always just, if the Dow is perfectly symmetric, it always just, and I just it wouldn't, uh, it. I'm one of the ones that doesn't bother because it's, it's done in a, as subtle a fashion as you, I guess it could be more subtle, but it's done in a pretty subtle fashion. Like they're not going multicolored with it. The, the yeah. colors on the indicator seems to at least mesh with the rest of the dial usually. That's true. And, and even on some versions, they won't even do the full line on, right. the, on the bar. They'll just put the hash marks there so that it, it kind of matches up with whatever the color of the indices are. So it kind of meshes, but I still can't get past it. I can I mean, understand why it would be bothersome because, like I said, it's, it, like, you, like you mentioned, it does bust up what is otherwise a, a very nicely symmetrical dial. So I totally get why that could be a sticking point for some. Yeah. What do you think about it? Um, I, I mean, I'm a the Grand collection Seiko. as a whole. Oh, the, the, well, I, I'm a huge fan of Grand Seiko in general. Um, I actually, in this specific collection, prefer um, the two automatic ones because I find the dials to be just a little bit more interesting, a little bit more lively with the colors that they used. I think they should have reversed uh, <laughs> Fall and Summer. Because the summer one, seems, the, the blue fall one seems to be more appropriate for summer, and then the green summer one seems to be more appropriate for fall, and vice yeah. versa. Um, yeah, but the but blue I kind of understand. You don't really want green for fall because I mean, your leaves and everything are changing color, so you kind of want that. I mean, what did they use? Like a red? From I'm trying to remember, what what color did they use for fall? No, they used blue for fall. For fall. Yeah, they they said it's supposed to be an autumn moonlit sky. That's 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 what they're going with with the fall, with the fall. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make a lot of sense to have the blue, be be a fall one. Um, the dials have a really cool texturing to them. The blue fall one almost reminds me of. Um, it does. It doesn't look exa- anything exactly like it, but it kind of looks like that. Um, the 25th anniversary. Um, Grand Seiko that came out that has the blue like GS etching just because the colors similar obviously the dial patterning on on the other one is a little bit more complex mm-hmm. than this um, but they're pretty solid uh, like I said I'm a I love Grand Seiko um, I'm saving up for a 9F quartz right now from them because uh, like I said I'm fascinated by by that whole movement I would love to have a spring drive um, I don't need to spend the extra you know essentially three grand to get it personally, I'm perfectly happy with the with the nine F take up movement. So, yeah, because I think entry into Spring Drive now is around four, three, four thousand easily. That for, seems for, right, especially, and you can find them pre-owned for right around three in three. general. That that's generally yeah. where they sit. So, yeah, I mean, I I love the technology behind the movement, and it's probably the number one reason why I want to get the watch. But at the same with the, at the same token, I, I want to enjoy how the watch looks. And as I said, that power gauge just is no bueno for me. No bueno. Well, this actually, uh, this actually segues nicely into uh, the first limited edition that they announced this week. Are we talking Godzilla? Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a watch this is that they put out there. Wow. Um, okay, let's... let's Let's start positives. Let's, let's start. I kind of want to go positives first. Okay. Uh, I love the color. Yeah, you don't see a lot of red watches, a lot of red dialed watches out no. there. And, and like a, uh, uh, the color with the bezel, 
that black and that red, I see where they were going. So I, 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 I like from the front, beautiful watch. Um, it's when we kind of, well, okay, before I get to that other part, <laughs> your thought. Let's just from the front, from the front. So what are your thoughts? So while the strap, it, it's kind of like this like very aged like black leather with red kind of mixed in. While it looks cool, um, because it's Seiko, I have to be skeptical about the quality of the strap. I can't, uh, I, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't give that a pass. The case shape is interesting. So, so the width of this watch is forty-four millimeters for a Godzilla watch. I guess that's appropriate to have it be a little bit bigger. But well, because Seiko, I would imagine that it probably wears like much 46? smaller. Oh, no, no, no. Smaller. It wears smaller. Because, like, this kind of reminds me of, like, the like the baby Marine Masters that they have out, which are also 44 mm-hmm. millimeters, but they wear, like, a sleek, like a sleek 42, just because mm-hmm. of how the case is designed. Um, and I can see it here, too, because most of the width, um, when you're looking at it from the top down, comes from the bezel. So the case kind of slides in underneath. So it probably wears a little bit more comfortably than most 44 millimeters do. It's also a very angular case. Uh, again, it's yeah. interesting. In case if you're if you're buying this watch to have something that's unique, uh, you're certainly going to find that with the way that this is designed for sure. Yeah, and I think they 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 but did they reference the the strap as they said Godzilla skin, and I think that's kind of what what they're calling it Godzilla skin strap. <laughs> Are you kidding? I, I, I somewhere I, I remember reading that's kind of what they were going for. So like that texture. With the 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 black and the little the lines the 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 cracks of red is kind of uh-huh. what they're going for. If you look at the picture of the Godzilla that they use in advertising the watch, you can see what they were trying to go for. So okay. I, I I think I think that I I could see, be wrong, but I know I heard somewhere. I, I know <laughs> I heard somewhere it was some reference about Godzilla skin. That's what they were going for with the with the leather strap. Um, so so that's the front of the watch. And then we flipped the watch over. And hmm, I like display case backs. I, I, I really do. I, I think I, I like looking at Grand Seiko spring drive movements. Oh, oh from, uh, as well. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Apparently, apparently Grand Seiko doesn't because they put a giant Godzilla stamp on the back of this one. Oh my gosh. I, I, if you're, you're going to do this, why not have a solid case back and just stamp it on there? That's all you have to I, do. I, I, I remember I, when this first came out and I saw the case back and I was on Instagram and you know, a bunch of us were talking about it. And I think everyone kind of agreed they would have been happier had Seiko did a solid case back and did like a Godzilla engraving on the back with, with either hammered or something something that that ties into the the Godzilla but i i this doesn't work this 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 is a no this is a no go for me that that case back i oh no 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 I i'm also really bothered by the by the bezel by the way so is, so i can't i was looking through like the the grand seiko page and looking through the Hodinky article that I have in front of me that has the watch in there is the bezel fixed or is it rotatable? Hmm. It has to be fixed, it's, it's, right? It's a, 
We'll see real quick. Okay. I'm, I'm going to assume that it's fixed because of how the, how the numerals are laid out on the bezel. Because if you can rotate that bezel and the 30s upside down when it's at the top of the watch, that's not optimal. You know what? I think you, I think you literally just answered your own question. It right. has to be fixed. Yeah, it, it has, has to. to be fixed. Which is interesting. Because what's the, what's the water resistance on this thing? I don't think it, it's not a dive watch. It's 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 twenty. It is twenty bars. So like it 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 can it can be submerged, but it is not a dive watch. So it's sports watch. Is that what they're going for? It's yeah. definitely not a definitely not a dress watch. I think we we can all agree. <laughs> it's definitely not a dress watch. But um, that's interesting, huh? So it's one of those things that like the bezel like so if it's fixed that's fine, but you gave it like a divish looking bezel. But without the functionality of a countdown bezel, so or sorry, not a countdown bezel, but an elapsed, you know, an elapsed time bezel. So I don't, I don't, I don't care for the bezel. Like I said, they they could have actually just done, like like they could have done a polished bezel, and it would have looked just as good. You know what? Polished bezel, solid case back, and I think you have a winner. You, 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 there's no, there's, if it's not, well, I think we, I think we're going to agree. It, it, it's not movable. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Yes. Can yeah. Polished bezel, solid case wrap with an engraving of Godzilla in the back. And then we're, we're good. And I think we're good. I, I like the limited edition number. I like the 650. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think that's, that's, I love limited editions, which are a thousand pieces or less. I well, think because once they're, you, because they're actually limited. Yeah, because yeah. I think once you get past a thousand, it doesn't really feel limited anymore. Like you hear some limited editions with like five thousand pieces. <laughs> that could be a production run. The new, uh, the new, the new James Bond uh, fifty on Her Majesty's Secret Service fiftieth anniversary Seamaster is seven thousand and seven pieces. <laughs> I, you know what's funny. Like, I know why they did that. They were trying to go for the whole 007 thing. But, I mean, 7,007, I would have been just happy if you told me 1,007. Right, 1,007 would have been fine. And would've then it would have been, been fine. This is, this is yeah. going to be in Omega stores, findable probably. Easily. At will, yeah. Easily. And, and on that one, I'm, I, I, it's a themed watch, so I can't really say anything about the design. Oh, we're not going to uh, talk about it on this show, but I love that. I love that freaking watch. It's awesome. I, I'm like mm, 60, 70 on that watch. But you're, but 60, you're not 70. like a huge like James Bond mega fan, are you? I'm a big James Bond fan, but I, I, I like when they do James Bond limited editions, which are wearable. And they don't come off as it's like... It's totally wearable. No, uh, they, and they don't come off like a, a like a kid's Captain America watch. You're like, oh yeah, Captain America watch. <laughs> I like I like toned down limited editions. So you know what? We could definitely defer on that. And I could see if you're a really big fan and you're well, no, not if you're buying that watch because of the 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 Bond connection. Correct. So if you're gonna be buying it for the Bond um, connection, you might as well buy something that has a lot of that connection between the the case back um the dial i will say this 
I do really like the barrel dial. I, I, I really dig the barrel dial. I mean, I, I would love if they used that on, on more of his watches, which I think consensus says we might see maybe another two or three limited editions. Because the, the funny thing about, about this limited edition, it's a limited edition for a movie that wasn't really that successful. Oh, and a lot of Bond fans are just, eh, I, hit, I didn't really like this guy's Bond. So I find that interesting. It's almost he, like they're just... We will, we, will, we will hop off of this tangent. Um, I will just tell you, as a James Bond super fan, who has a James Bond podcast, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, criminally underrated. But like I said, we have to, we have to get back to Seiko. We have to go. We'll, we'll get back to Seiko. And then we will use another episode for that. But yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, back to Seiko. So we've gone through Godzilla. Where I, I think we, we kind of agree. Nice watch. Don't really like the bezel. Don't really like the case back. Those I don't really things, like the price either. Like, like there's nothing special about that watch aside from the Godzilla connection that warrants it being, you know, five grand more than you would pay for any other. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. what is it, 12.5? Yeah, it's 12.5. No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's two spring drives. Even, even with the, like, power meter in the front, I'd rather buy two spring drives than just that one. So yeah, okay. So okay, I think consensus is we're we're, we're gonna mm, on Gojira. <laughs> You're gonna go thumbs down on Gojira. Cool concept. Like I said, I I appreciate that they really did try to lean into the theme. It seems like, but yeah, it just it, the it, it, the the sum is lesser. Or I should say the is it the sum is lesser than the parts. I I don't know which way it leads with that watch. So yeah, they just made two poor design choices. I think that we figured out. I agree. Agree. Agreed. So you know what? Let's jump to the next one, um, which are two chronos that, that Seiko released. Um, one is a chrono they released to celebrate the 50th anniversary of their first chronograph move, movement. The other they released to celebrate 55 years since the Japanese Olympics of 1964. Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, I really like how these watches look. I, I uh, like. I how do these. too. They're they're both they're both very very, very nice, very very nice looking watches. But I have some gripes. Oh, I have a lot of gripes. So There's I'm, lots I'm, of gripes about this. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my first gripe. I know first one of your gripes already. Okay, my one of my first gripes is. One of the models, and I'm pretty sure it's the model they're using to celebrate the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, the, it's the model without this kind of skin diver vessel. Mm-hmm. Is almost an identical match to a model they released not but two, three years ago to celebrate another 50th anniversary. And that's SDGZ013. That model came in titanium. This, of course, doesn't. But the only real differences between these two are the syringe hands. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of difference in terms of the dial and, of course, the cutout for the date wheel. But in many ways, these watches look very similar. To the point where the design choices seem kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. 
And I know you're probably in front of your computer. If you can, pull up both. Pull up. Pull up. What, what, on, what, was the, uh, what was the model number in the other one you said? The other one was SDGZ013. Pull up both, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Let me check this out. I can already tell. <laughs> wow. So the, the plungers are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the plungers are definitely different. Yeah, the date, the, the date window is, is circular instead of rectangular. And I think the and hands are syringe instead of... And instead then, of just, instead, instead of just of, like, like, hands, yeah. Yeah. But in terms yeah, of the dial layout, it's pretty, look, pretty close. <laughs> very similar. Very similar. And I, it just really annoyed me. It, it, it's at first when I saw the watch, I didn't know about the connection to the SDGZ. It, it's as I was reading more and I saw a lot of comments from people saying, you know what? Um, it's a lot that they're asking for this watch, especially mm-hmm. when you take into account they released a watch that some people regard was better for I would, two to three grand. I would say cheaper. that it was. I, I think the, like I said, I think the plungers are more interesting looking and I'm not really digging, like I'm not a big logo. Like I don't usually crap on logos too much, but I'm really not digging the Prospects logo on the new one. Not at all. Not at no. all. And I really don't like that circular date window. It it looks like the date that it looks like the date wheel is like two millimeters down in that hole. I like, think that's just how the render is. I don't think if you saw the watch in person that it would look that. It bad. looks it looks it looks deep. <laughs> like if it's gonna be real hard to tell what day it is. Well, the, what the, the watch is sixteen millimeters thick, so you got that going for you. Which is nice. That's, now that's, I know that's another gripe, but um, oh, you know what? I'm not going to talk your gripes because it seems like you have gripes as well. Well, I know. So I'm going to steal yours because so on on the Presage one on on the one that's celebrating the the Tokyo Olympics, mm-hmm. um, very beautiful champagne colored dial. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. the skin diver, uh, you know, timing bezel going around it. Very nice. Yeah. Which I think is bi-directional on that okay. model. Okay. It's got the cutout for the date. Mm-hmm. However, the date wheel, the background, is white. <laughs> you're Welcome making me to pay, the dark side. <laughs> you're making me pay $3,700 for this limited edition watch, and you can't even bother to match the date wheel. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, my friend. Welcome to Date Wheelers Anonymous, <laughs> where it doesn't make sense when the price of a watch is that high and you keep on doing this. I mean, on the video that messed up, that we, could, we didn't get a chance to post, we talked about that Tic Tac Seiko that they released a few weeks back. And I told you, one of my biggest gripes with that was the, the way that the date will was not color matched to, to the to the dial. Right. But that's a $700 watch. I'm willing to let it slide <laughs> in that price range. I'm not as willing to let it slide in for a price range that it, for, for this watch. Here's, I mean, here's a good idea. It's a chronograph. Maybe just don't use a date wheel. You don't have to have it on there. Not for this watch. I think, I think this watch would have been completely well served not having a date on there. You could have gotten away with it. No problem. I kind of, I, I agree with you. 
I actually agree. I think because it's the Champagne Dow, I can't think of any date will that you could have put on that, which would have seen made it look nice. So, so I, I think you were better off just continuing with the Champagne Dow and not putting a date window or date will at all in that watch. And I think you would have been just fine. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is you have that nice skin diver bezel, but mm. I think the water resistance on that thing is, well, one, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think the pushers on those are screwed down. Oh, they're not. And a water resistance is what? Like 50 meters. That's it's a hundred apparently. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. so that's, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. But they're but also at the same really, They're really thick. Like even even the skin diver one is like 15.3 in height. Which is I, Okay, what's the glass on on the on the skin is it is it is it perfectly flat or is it like a box? That is a good question. It's kind of hard to tell from the render that they're using. I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to Seiko's uh website now to see if they have a better. Uh it's a it's a box. It's definitely It's a box. Yeah, okay. It's, Okay, so that's 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 two millimeters right there. Yeah, but still, I don't know. Nowadays, especially with chronographs, I've learned to live with the the, the thirteen to fifteen millimeter chronograph. Shoot, nowadays you get divers which are thirteen to fifteen millimeters with no other features. Um, shoot, quartz divers that are that that height. But I understand. I understand what you're what you're saying. The other thing about that is that comes off more as a dressy watch. It does even, even though, on leather strap as well, and not, and not yeah. like a rally strap. It comes on like a solid leather strap, which which I think just really doesn't mesh with the the skin diver bezel. It, it just the the it, it's at odds with with that. Plus, you have the champagne dial. It just seems like it it's a watch that really doesn't quite know its identity. So and here's my, my question. Here's my question about these. So obviously, there has to be a market for them. Otherwise, Seiko wouldn't keep doing them. Who is mm-hmm. the market? for the $4,000 Seiko limited edition chronograph? I don't know. I, I, like, like that's, that's Speedmaster money. Like you, get, like you can get a Speedy for around that price. It, it's, and the more I read on the movement that they use in this thing, it's not exactly their best chronograph movement. I mean, it does, it does have, so, so it's the 8R48. It has a column wheel. It has a vertical clutch. Vertical clutch chronographs especially tend to be a little bit higher in price because that's not a feature that everybody uses. That being said, it is, it's not like this is a new breakthrough for Seiko. This is a five-year-old movement. They debuted this movement in 2014. I mean, but then you, you kind of have to think of it from the brand's perspective. Like I, somebody had asked the same question um, on watch you see, like, okay, who is this, who is this watch for? One, it's limited. I think it's a thousand pieces each. Mm-hmm. So all they need to do is find a thousand people who are going to say, "Ooh, I love this," and they're going to buy. Which it. I'm sure they will, by the way. Like I'm not. I'm not. Again, they they keep coming out with these because I'm sure they're selling every single one that they that they put out. So, which I'm sure. Two, almost everywhere I've read, people um, people make that Speedmaster connection, but at the same time, like, how many Speedies are there? Like there, there are tons of speedies. I mean, there, there, there's oh, there's got to be hundreds of different versions of the Speedmaster out there. So you know what? This might be a little bit more exclusive. I, I'll give you that. But the number one thing that kind of made me think about this was 
who is there, who is a major competitor in that price range for, for, for Seiko? I mean, you have Omega. Mm-hmm. You, I think you have Brightling with their B01, but that tends to be a little bit more. That tends to jump into the, the, the sixes. Um, you have... That's, that's like Monica range as well for yeah. that kind of stuff. You, so. you have Tudor, which, which a lot of times borrows the B01 and charges a little bit cheaper for it. So that's mm-hmm. around fourth. So those are their main competitors. But the, bringing it back to my main opinion on this, it really feels like Seiko is going for that really high-end luxury look. And with that comes them acting like they're really high-end luxury. Because if you think about it, I could see Seiko boardroom, they're sitting there, they're talking about, okay, we're going to release these two watches. Who's, our, who's a major competitor out there? In their minds, their major competitors are going to be Omega, Tudor. They're, they're no longer thinking that their competitors are smaller brands. They, they, they're, their mindset is, uh, we're dealing with major competitors. If you're talking major competitors, you're talking Rolex. And, and mind you, these are just regular Seiko models. These aren't even Grand Seiko. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you think about it, it's, it's considered an in-house movement for them. You, they're looking at Rolex and saying, Rolex doesn't sell an in-house chronograph that's cheaper than $12,000, if you can get it. So their, their mindset is, okay, you know what? As we start moving up, we're going to take stuff that was normally down here, and it's going to move up as well. So not only is Grand Seiko going to move up, into another price range. They're not going to take regular Seiko and move it up into another price range. And you're already seeing that with some of their releases. So from a brand standpoint, I completely see why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. From a consumer standpoint and a loyalist standpoint, I think a lot of people are not really happy with well, some every, of these moves. Every time Seiko puts out one of these like limited edition, like not to sound derisive, but regular Seiko watches, once everyone sees the price, they start freaking out. Yeah. Because, because if you're a fan of Seiko, you know that it's a regular Seiko watch. You know that it's not something that they really did something truly special with it. You know that this is, okay, this is clear example of that chronograph. That same chronograph, which was in titanium, not even two or three years ago, had the same kind of looking dial sold for about two to $3,000 less. Well, sold for about, I think about a thousand. About a thousand, yeah. About a thousand dollars less. So within three years, you're giving me something that many people would consider as lesser because mm-hmm. I don't think, because it's not titanium. It's, it's lesser. And you're also increasing the price by more than a thousand dollars on the watch. So, I mean, for someone who's in the know, who knows Seiko, you, you're looking at this and you're just like, okay, this isn't cool. But for a new consumer, someone who's just being, you know, pointed in Seiko's, um, Seiko's direction, if you're making a comparison to other brands, you think that this is just right in line. And if you, if you think about that. You, if you're making a direct co- correlation between Seiko and other brands in that price range, for someone new to, to, to collecting watches, 
They're just learning about Seiko. And they, they didn't start learning about Seiko through their cheaper divers, which now are no longer really cheaper. Now they're, they're, they're now when I think Seiko under $1,000, I honestly start to think about a micro brand watch instead of, instead of what are some of the watches that Seiko is coming with. Mm-hmm. But for someone who's not starting from that ground level up and just coming in and looking to, to add some change to their collection, and for them, this might be like, oh, okay, so, you know, Omega's uh, Speedmaster is there, you know what? The Seiko is in-house, beautiful champagne dial. I mean, look at the, the, the polishing, look at the, 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 the quality. Okay. And all you need to do is sell a thousand. That's all That's you need to do. And that's, and that's a good point is that, is that uh, we do, especially like, like you mentioned, like we're so in the weeds with the, with the nuts and bolts of it that sometimes it is easy to forget that broad perspective uh, that the regular consumer who just maybe enjoys buying watches but doesn't dig down deep into it like we do. That's, that's an excellent point, actually. So. Yeah. So, so I could see that. But for, for us in the know who have been dealing with Seiko and, uh, you know, are here with them through this transition, which I'm going to come out straight and just say it. I think as a brand, I think what they're doing is what's best for the brand. Mm-hmm. I, I, I put in what's in terms of the brand, the staying power of the brand, um, the, the, the pricing and to bring the brand up. I think they're doing what's best for the brand, but you know, it's, as a loyalist, we look at it and we're just like, it just, come on, man! Like this, this, this move is just too much for well, us. And go ahead. To be ahead. clear, like most most of my scorn for the price actually is more on the prospects model. Like I think the 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 Presage model is actually a pre- pretty good in line price. Again, especially because you're getting something that is uniquely different, um, and and it's actually cheaper. It's actually about three hundred bucks less than the than the prospects one is probably because it's coming on a leather strap as opposed mm-hmm. to the bracelet. Um, that's actually the winner for me, date window, notwithstanding, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do, I do wish, like I said, the, the the prospects one is the one that just kind of boggles my mind a little bit. But yeah, I, I do agree with you that, and I think ultimately it it is good for the brand, and I think it's going to be good long term for the consumer as well. It's just that mm-hmm. we have to break our break our heads of you know mega affordable Seiko being being the thing. It's just now yeah. can be relatively affordable Seiko. Relatively, yep. <laughs> that's a, that's exactly what it is. And like I said, there's still plenty of affordable options out there. Um, there are tons of micro brands that are making some great stuff, which kind of segues into our next topic, which is the recent release from Notice, which I call, I'm personally, I call this the get everything right watch. So let I me feel. tell you something. I, I, I'm, I'm repeating content from my channel now because I did a live stream a couple hours ago where I talked about this. Mm. This was from a social media like rollout perspective, one of the best rollouts that I've seen from any watch company, not just micro brands, but big watch companies too. Who can forget Tudor teasing that abomination watch that they released at Basel World this year, making everyone think that they were releasing a Tudor Submariner and then coming mm-hmm. out with that thing because of how they, how they, how they teased it. <laughs> Nailed the rollout of this watch perfectly by showing you everything but the dial. But because they showed you everything but the dial, you got to appreciate the parts of this watch that might have gotten overlooked if you had just seen, seen the, the dial. dial. 
straight away. Yeah, yeah. Which, when you do see the Dow, I think your first reaction is kind of, okay. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's like that first cut is people who may not be interested in a Dow that looks that way. I think once you get past that cut into, pe- into that group of people who would be interested in that Dow, when you look at the intricacies in that Dow, you start to really understand just how great of a job they did on this watch. I mean, you're talking about sandwich Dow, color match date will, hallelujah. That's, that's another staple, buddy. That's, that's, that's <laughs> it all. definitely is. Color match date will. I think they did sandwich dial on the indices while adding polished borders. Yes, they, they, framed, they framed the cutouts with, with applied markers, basically. Markers. Yeah. Inner rotating bezel with both a timer, a countdown option, and a 12-hour option. Mm-hmm. Dual loomed crowns. And a compressor case. I think as an overall package, which right now I think the watch is retailing for about $600 for pre-order. Mm-hmm. I think they did an amazing job. There was a second there where I think I, I kind of paused because I was just like, you know what? I don't know if there's, there's maybe a, a, a group of people who would really be interested in the aesthetic of the watch. But then I stopped myself because I realized if you're a fan of notice already, there's nothing here that surprises you. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it shows a progression in their skill, which you have to appreciate. And you'd, you'd have to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to jump on this too. Yeah. It's, um, it is very like, I, you know, I don't like to throw away, throw out superlatives like crazy, like, or like hyperbolic superlatives anyway. Um, it is very difficult to argue against Notice being just one of the top, like, two or three micro brands that are out there right now. Um, like you said, every bit of this watch, every single part of it, I mean, they redesigned their H-Link bracelet for this watch to make it thinner. Um, the brushing on the case is what you would expect from Notice if you've ever seen one of their watches before. Uh, it's a unique system. It's not, it's, not every, it's not the same old dive watch that everyone puts out all the time. The crowns, the knurling on the crowns is, is fantastic. You also have the dual finishing on the crowns as well because you have kind of like that black knurling and the black caps that's contrasted with steel as well. And the, the black hands. PVD, I think they did PVD on the, on the hour and minute hands on the white dial version. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, yeah. It's just it's just a really fantastic package. Fantastic watch. It, it's it is definitely a watch guy's watch. Mm-hmm. In terms of every gripe that you might have had with with another watch, or if you sat there and you were thinking about, okay, how do I create a a perfect watch? I think this is the watch you kind of see on that path to perfection. Because you could clearly see their thinking. You could see, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do. We're gonna have this, this uh, white dial version. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. Make sure, of course, they already do the the, the, the wonderful business with the color match date. Will the neural crowns? Everything 
if, if you like the aesthetic of the watch, there's nothing to keep you from buying the watch because the watch itself is just an amazing piece of art. And for $600, I think it, it's also an amazing value. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, so. and they're not by the way like i i came i came close to cheating on my watch fund again and picking one of these up mm-hmm. but i know they're coming out with a new diver and a new field watch that's going to have a sector dial layout and i'm really curious to see what that is going to look like yeah and and so. you know what? i i like their their how they they've slowly released watch after watch like they released the avalon and they they let it sit, mm-hmm. like they didn't hurry up and rush and say, okay, now we're gonna get get come out with the duality. No, they sat on the Avalon, let everyone take it in, enjoy it, made a few remind uh, refinements on their other watches, and then you you don't feel like you're being rushed with notice, mm-hmm. like you have a time to appreciate what they're currently working on, and then down the line they release something else which you then have some time to appreciate. And it's, it's a perfect progression for them. Perfect progression. And you can tell whatever the relationship is between them and their manufacturers, it's got to be amazing because they, well, their well, work. They, so they get the parts, but they know like Wes and Colin do the assembly. Like they do all that themselves. So all, so they're sourcing the best parts possible basically getting them shipped in. They're putting the watch together, together. instead. So yeah. that's, that's also one of the reasons why they can't just pump out watches like crazy. But it adds to the quality. It, 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 it definitely, by taking that time and sourcing parts that way, they don't have to worry about someone doing all that somewhere else and the finished product not looking like what they want. It, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 like making the perfect a la carte like a la carte dinner like, yeah oh, no, I, I mean, I'll, I'll and, take. well like Go i ahead. said that chris chris vale on you know one of his episodes of doc's house calls did an interview uh with notice i would highly recommend um you guys seeking that out on the channel here and and checking that out as well because again it was very like that that interview that he did with them sold me on buying a notice out yeah. like, like that that's how informative it was and how and how how cool it was to hear their process and on top of all that and this is just on a personal note they're like two of the coolest laid-back easygoing guys that i've ever met like when you if you ever get a chance out there and you meet these guys they're like the watch guy watch guy like they're 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 always open to talking to you about the watches and giving asking your your opinions on on what you think they should be working on or you know, some different color like they're just as just guys they're probably two of the greatest guys in the industry that i've met i've not had the pleasure yet but i will in a week actually so <laughs> yes and you'll probably get to see um the duality in person i will that, well, guess counting on so <laughs> there you go there you go so i think we we've covered a lot of topics and i figure we could just we could end the show by it, it by just thinking if there's just a quick fast anything that's coming to mind in terms of watches this week that you want to just do a quick discussion on uh just a quick two second discussion on 
completely baseless speculation that Tag Heuer, Octavia Isographs are disappearing from the distribution <laughs> channel. Like, for some reason, nobody knows why. Oh my goodness. So, okay, I have to give shout out where shout outs are due. Um, uh, Scottish Watch Guys. It's where I, I originally heard the information. Um, they had made some posts uh, a few days ago talking about, um, they, I, I guess someone, one of their followers messaged them and was just like, hey, I think, what's going on? I can't find Isograph. And they were like, really? Okay, let me do some investigating. Wrote an amazing article. If you guys get a chance, really go to, to their website. I'm going to pull it up real, right here so I give you guys all the information because they did a a great investig- investigatory article on it. And, oh, wow, wow. Okay. Um, I just saw a Seiko, and I'm like, okay, the, the guys they're called Scottish Watches. You can find them at scottishwatches.co.uk. Um, did a great article on it. When you get a chance, you have to see it. You have to read it. They did a really good job. Um, but they broke the news on this and they really digged in and what happened was so their follower finds out okay i don't see anything scottish watches goes they start doing some digging asking ad's and all the tag hoyer octavia isographs have been completely pulled in multiple locations so you can't you'll find regular octavia automatics on the tag hoyer website but you'll find no isographs and just to give you guys a little background, the isographs are, are basically SW200 movements that Tag Heuer um, chronometer certified. But what they also did was they, they created a carbon composite hairspring, which should help with anti-magnetism and shock resistance. And they did that in-house and they added it to um, the movement and thus you have the name isograph. Uh, but what's crazy is the watches have completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, you, you, we did some quick investing and you can still purchase one on um, Jama Shop if you're willing to, you know, dance. Roll the, the dice. <laughs> roll the dice <laughs> with a good chance being you will not get any royalty service on that watch. I mean, if they're, you figure if they're pulling these watches which it seems like it's a worldwide pull. If you read the Scottish Watches article, they basically are saying that, you know, everybody's pulling these. It seems like it's a worldwide recall. It seems like it's a problem with that specific part because that's the only thing that differentiates it from, that, that's the biggest differentiator between right. it and the regular automatic version. Right, and the only other, still have, only other thing it could be is if there was just some random defect part that was in you know, they got a bad batch of something, but I can't imagine on that scale. Yeah, on that, that scale would, to pull yeah. everything. If you go to the website, nowhere to be found can you find the, the Octavia isograph. And it's, it's crazy because, the, not to say scary, the craziest part is if you do a search, there's nobody really talking about this. Mm-hmm. And, and, this, before, and this, was one of the, this was one of the hot watches coming out of, Basel World, like when I did my top five on my channel, this was this was in that top five. Go back, guys. We did 
We took pictures of it. We sat down with Tag. Um, we have pictures of the movement, the Artaria. Great setup, by the way. They literally have a full, had a full photographer's room set up with different backgrounds and everything. And we got a chance to spend about an hour or two sitting there taking pictures of the new Artavias. But it's crazy. One of, the, one of their biggest watches, biggest watch releases from Basel, and it's gone. Disappeared. Nowhere. Like that. I mean, this, okay. First, this shows you the true power of, 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 of that company. Because mm-hmm. um, I think TAG is, and correct me if I'm wrong, TAG is under L- LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy. So I'm not going to correct you because I don't know if you're wrong or not. So, <laughs> off the, I, off the top of my head. Let me see, let me see. I, I, I'll check right now. Um, LVMH. Tag. Yes. Yep. So so tag is is under. I know for sure they're not under Swatch because they were at this year's Basel and Swatch said no way we're good. Um. So they're under LVMH to to literally take one of your biggest watch releases of this year and just and just pull it. And and, 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 and and apparently omerits everybody as well because no one's talking about it right now at all. So. No one, no one. We, before we got on this call, we literally did a quick search. Tag, tag Hoyer isograph recall. Nothing. Nothing. Watch it, the watch is gone, but no one's talking about it. Um, and, of course, I, I, I could see a lot of people don't want to speculate. Um, and it probably a lot of people don't want to get on the bad side of the branch, which you know, all right, <laughs> I, I, for, I don't. For I, at least watches have no hangups. <laughs> <laughs> Love those guys, <laughs> but um, it, it's it's news. It's news. I mean, think about it. Look look how the world shook when Swatch decided to pull out of Basel World. You now have one of the most one of the largest watch brands literally pulling one of their most popular models this year and no one's talking about it and i mean it's 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 crazy but um we'll see what happens um when we finally get some more news on this and some more stuff starts leaking out but it's going to be interesting to see if this was a technical issue heads will roll well, we'll see, we'll see. Look oh. look forward to the uh, return of the tag isograph coming with the standard caliber five movement to an AD near you. Yeah, near you. Wow. Wow. So. But um, yeah, that, that was just an interesting thing this week. Um, but you know what? Uh, I, I think we've, we've covered a lot this week. And Brad, here's, fingers crossed that this video works <laughs> out perfectly. <laughs> and, and it doesn't, the, the, me, the, the video file doesn't get corrupted. I hope this works. Um, if you're watching us, guys, it means it worked, which will be cool. Um, we'll be doing more videos with Brad moving forward. We're going to try to try to get a little schedule going because uh, things have been crazy this year. It literally feels like on a weekly basis there's some new big watch release. And yeah, it's, 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 it's insane. It's, it's, oh, it's my. Been, it's been it, nuts. It honestly feels like it really started with the Blue Alpinist. I could, I swear, 
it feels like it started with the blue alpinist and then from that point forward it, it's it's you have these Houdinki special editions coming out um you have all these omega limited editions come out it just seems like on a continuous basis every week something new is coming out um but brad man it was great talking to you as i said guys definitely gonna do this more often and uh and I will say, uh, if, if you guys are catching this when we release it, the week we release it, um, if you're in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Pennsylvania area, uh, District Time is going to be uh, Saturday the 12th, Sunday the 13th down in Washington, D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. I will be there. John Keel will be there. Chris Vail will be there. Possibly other Watch List contributors will be there. I, don't, I can't remember exactly who's going to be there. Um, but make sure you come by, come by. It's an awesome show. Uh, free to get in. Say hello while you're down there. We'll be we'll be out and about doing stuff, and uh, perhaps some content coming from from District Time as well. So definitely. And then right after that, we have Wind Up, uh, Warner Wine Wind Up up here in New York City, which is going to be interesting. Uh, I know some of the Watch With Us crew is definitely going to try to make it over there. Um, I'm still up in the air because I'm waiting to see if my son is going to be here with me. Uh, is gonna gonna come into this beautiful world before or after, so we'll <laughs> see what happens. If he if he if he is if he's nice to daddy, he waits until the twentieth <laughs> so that I can sneak it to wind up. Um, but um, if not, you know what? I'll have uh, I'll have my wonderful new um, beautiful baby boy here with me, and um, we'll see what happens. But definitely, hey, guys. Kids, kid, babies sleep a lot. Maybe you can sneak out of the house for like, for like three hours on that Saturday. I don't know. I don't know. In the first two weeks of, of, of our first child, mm-mm, that's, not, that's no bueno, man. That's no bueno. I might, I might need someone to, to, to video cast their event for me because I'm going to be here in the trenches. Uh, but, uh, but, man, it was nice seeing you. And, yep. guys, um, Thanks for for watching with us. Take it easy. Take it easy.